of God, we need your fire in our lives, in our churches, in our homes. We need the fire of God to consume tormented minds and set them straight. We need the fire from the altar of God to rearrange and transform us. We need that fire so that we can go. Go where? Anywhere but right here, right now. Go into school board meetings. Go into our homes with sick family members. Go into the nations of this world. We need the fire of God so that we can go. See, the church isn't prepared because the church needs the fire. The church isn't going enough because the church needs a revival of fire. Consuming fire, refining fire, purifying fire. We need the fire. We need the God who answers by fire. We need to know the God by fire. We need the fire. Say, I need the fire. If you're going to do anything on this earth for the kingdom of God, you need the fire. Not just once. Over and over and over and over again. You need to stir up the fire. You need that fire to consume you when you're angry, when there's hatred in you, when there's unforgiveness, when you don't understand what's happening in your life, you need the fire. You see, the fire reminds us that He is God and we are not. Fire to go. See, it's not about this. This is just where we come to unite and get refueled. We need the fire to go. We need the fire to preach. We need the fire to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We need the fire to cast out devils. We need the fire. We need the fire. We need the consuming fire of an almighty God. So how do we get the fire? Prayerfully, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that tonight. The only way to get the fire, to live in that all-consuming fire, is to know the God who answers by fire. So tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about Elijah. A prophet of God. But you know, this is taking back Sunday nights. And as I was thinking about this service tonight, God said, I want to take some things back too. I want to take back some backslidden children, some backslidden nations. I want to take some things back too. Holiness in the house of God. Reverence and fear of the Lord. I want to take some things back to. True worship on my altars 
instead of entertainment, I want to take some things back too. So tonight I want to talk to you about a man, Elijah, the Tishbite. God raised him up out of obscurity in the Old Testament. He came out of nowhere to confront a wicked, evil king. Ahab angered God more than any other. He married Jezebel, that woman straight from hell. She killed the prophets of God. She put the priests in hiding. And her, her and Ahab led the children of God into Baal worship, idolatry. I want to talk to you about the prophet Elijah. Darkness covered the land. Smoke from these altars rose to the nostrils of God. Sacrifices to other gods from God's people. All of this was among a people who claimed Abraham as their father. This was God's people. They had been led astray by a wicked king. Led into idol worship, deceived, backslidden. The love of self took over. God Almighty chose them, saved them, and here they were, God's people. Their eyes had left the one and only true God, and they worshiped false gods. So out of this endless backsliding, God raises up a man, not a committee, not a denomination, not an angel, a man. He raised up a man like you or me, a man, a man who stood in the gap, a man who stood before God. Two words can describe this man. Elijah prayed. He prayed. Elijah prayed. He measured his enemy and with God and God alone, he got the victory. He knew the mind of God, and he prophesied with holy infallibility. He locked up heaven by his words. He prophesied a drought, and he put the keys in his pocket, and he locked up heaven. Holy infallibility. So there's a drought in the land because Elijah prophesied it because he was on an assignment from heaven to confront the Israelites, the people of God, for their false Baal worship, for their idolatry. He was on an assignment to be a mouthpiece and a voice from God to God's people, to confront wickedness in the land. Are you with me? Are you here? He has an assignment from heaven to take down the problem of Baal worship that King Ahab introduced into Israel. Can I give you a little history? And to demonstrate 
beyond all doubt that Baal is no God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the only true God. You see, that's why demonstration is so important. That's why dead churches with no fire grieve the heart of God. Demonstration is necessary. It proves God is God and we are not. Let me talk plainly for a moment. The enemy has come in like a flood into our land, into our generation. We see it everywhere. And the Bible tells us that God will raise up a standard against the enemy. Hallelujah. But what if you are that standard? What if you are that person that God wants to raise up against the enemy? What if you are that voice? What if you are the one that's to confront the false worship, the idol worship in the church? I'm not talking about a lost world. We are talking about God's people. What if that standard God wants to raise up is you? Will you go? Will you speak? Say, I need the fire to do that. Will you prophesy? Will you confront wickedness in the world and in the church? You say, where is God in this hour? I say, where are the Elijahs? Where are they? Many are crying out, where is God? I'm telling you, God wants to raise some people up. Where are the spirit-filled messengers armed with the fire of God that will raise up a standard against the enemy? Are you here? Are you here under the sound of my voice? Are you here? Are you here watching online? Are you hearing me? Elijah had a volcano for a heart, and you can too, but there's a cost. There's a cost. Hear me now. God does not want partnership with us. He wants ownership. God does not want a partnership with you. He wants to own you. The fire, you're not meant to possess the fire. The fire is meant to possess you. You're not hearing me. You're not meant to operate in the fire. The fire is meant to own you. You are not meant to carry a little fire. The fire is meant to consume you, to consume your life, to make you totally different. Elijah knew the God who answers by fire. about the nation's sins like God thinks about sin. He knew God's heart in the matter. He spoke against sin like God. He was all passion in his prayers and passionate in his condemnation of evil in the land. He had no smooth preaching. Passion fired his preaching. Passion. His words fell hot on the hearts of men. So in 1 Kings 17, we see God tell Elijah to go and hide himself. 
by a brook. He says, hide yourself. God provides for him there with ravens. Then he sends him to the widow of Zarephath to provide for him as well. You see, the brook had dried up because he prophesied a drought. So God tells him in 1 Kings 17, he says, go hide yourself. But then in 1 Kings 18, he says, show yourself. You see, there are seasons of hiding and seasons of showing. And if you show yourself in a season of hiding, you're in disobedience. Then if you hide yourself in a season of showing, you're also in disobedience. You see, there are some Elijahs under the sound of my voice, and God is saying to you, I've called you, and I'm raising you up. I want to use your voice. Show yourself. Come out of hiding in the name of Jesus. The Lord has need of you to confront idol worship, to confront wickedness in this land, to confront sin in your very home. The Lord has need of you. Show yourself in the name of Jesus. I pray the spirit of Elijah falls on everyone who wants it right now. Boldness to confront every wickedness in our land, every wickedness on the earth. Boldness to confront every Ahab spirit, every Jezebel spirit. Boldness. So God tells Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 1, go show yourself to Ahab and I'll send rain on the earth. He says, go. See, we need the fire to go. We need the fire to go. We need the fire to go. We need the fire when we get a word like that to go and do what God says. We need the fire to obey the word of the Lord. So the prophet Elijah confronts King Ahab. Go with me, 1 Kings 18, 17 through 18. Are you okay? Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? 18. And he answers, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed Baals. Elijah is not concerned with being politically correct in this interaction. He is not concerned with the outcome of his obedience to the word of the Lord. He boldly tells the king that he has caused this because of his pursuit of idolatry. You caused the heavens to shut up, King Ahab. You did. It's not raining because of you. The culture is in trouble because of you. Where are the Elijahs of God? Because you have pursued another God. See, one of the reasons we see all the chaos around us in our culture and in our nation is because we have forsaken the Lord our God. So what we in the past 20 years are seeing is God saying, you don't want me. Let me get out of the way. Let me show you life without me. 
So we are surrounded by the consequences of the removal of God. Can I go here? This might thin our church out. Removed. The removal of God. Removed from the government. Removed from the schools. Removed from the biblical definition of marriage. Removed from the biblical definition of sex. Removed from the biblical definition of life. Removed from the biblical definition of identity. Removed from the biblical definition of love. I hear it all the time. Love is love. I can't help who I love. Love is love. That is not true. God is love. God is love. And when you remove God from the definition of love, that is not love, my friend. We are seeing the consequences of the removal of God. When God is removed from the culture, that means man's idolatry has set in. And then there are consequences in the environment where God has been removed. Can I tell you some consequences? Can I give some language? Can I speak boldly in the house of God? You see, this is a message, the church of Jesus Christ, the remnant, let me clarify, the remnant church of Jesus Christ should be preaching in this hour so our children know the truth instead of a lie. So our youth understand when there is deception and seducing spirits trying to lie to them. Do you think we can kill 65 million babies every single year under the name of feminism? Do you think we can stab and kill and crush and poison the most innocent of our culture and expect no judgment from God? Do you think we can pervert marriage, making women act like men and men act like women? Do you think we can celebrate and promote and affirm homosexuality, which is sexual perversion, to little kids? This is the consequence of the removal of God. That is what is being taught in sex education in our schools. Oh, Pastor Natalie, don't talk about that. Somebody has to. We need Elijahs. We need voices. We need people that are filled with the fire of God that can stand the persecution that will come after a message like this because these kids are going to need to preach it louder than we are. And they need something to follow. Do you think we can cut off people's body parts? and claim that God is not good enough, that God is not the creator? What is transgenderism? Transgenderism is simply you saying, I am God and God is not. Therefore, I need to recreate my own body because God is wrong. This is the heart of transgenderism. God is wrong and I am right rooted in pride and self. This is the heart of the whole thing. God is wrong and I am right. This is the heart of sin. Therefore, I'll change and manipulate and pervert God's creation. This is the heart of the culture right now. This is the state of our land right now. 
And unfortunately, this is the heart and the state of some of the church right now. God is wrong and I am right. Shout, we need the fire. We need the fire. This is what was happening in Israel. They were experiencing life without God. So God raises up a man. He raises up a prophet, a mouthpiece for him. Verse 19 in 1 Kings. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Elijah gets bold. He said, let's go. Let's put it on the table. I'm going to go toe-to-toe with the devil. I'm going to confront this thing right here, right now. I don't care if I'm outnumbered. I don't care if I get hated on. I'm going to do what God told me to do, and I'm going to confront this thing right now. Elijah says, let's go. He was prepared because Elijah prayed. He was prepared because Elijah knew the God who answers by fire, and he knew him intimately. He said, it's time to show myself and demonstrate the power of the one and only God, the one who sent me. It's time to go. We need the fire of God to go, to do Everything God's telling us to do, everything God's telling the church of Jesus Christ in this hour to do, we need open ears, we need open eyes to what the Spirit of God is doing, and we need boldness in the fire of God to do what He tells us to do. So the people of Israel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asher, they gather together. The prophet says, how long? Are you going to waver? 1 Kings 18, 21. How long are you going to waver? How long are you going to go back and forth? Elijah came to all the people and he says to them, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. Can I bring this home for a minute? Jesus on Sunday, idols on Monday. Jesus on Sunday, wine on Monday. Jesus on Sunday, hitting your wife on Monday. Jesus on Sunday, lying and cheating on Monday. How long are you going to waver? Jesus on Sunday, staying silent in the face of sin on Monday. How long? Are you going to waver back and forth between two opinions? How long are you going to play this dance with God? Jesus on Sunday, embracing homosexuality and conversations with your friends on Monday. How long are you going to waver? Jesus on Sunday, not wanting to offend people with the truth on Monday. Jesus on Sunday, gossip on Monday. Jesus on Sunday, division on Monday. How long are you going to waver? Jesus on Sunday, undercover Christian on Monday. How long? How long are you going to play this dance with God? Maybe I should talk to some pastors, not here, some ministers, some leaders. Teach about being blessed, won't preach about blasphemy. 
Teach about getting rich, but won't preach about rebellion. Teach about being hip, but won't preach about holiness. Teach about being relevant, but won't preach about repentance. Teach about marriage, won't preach about same-sex marriage being wrong. Teach about family, won't preach that abortion's murder. Teach about healthy sex within covenant, but never preach that any type of sex outside of covenant is sin. Teach about overcoming fear, but bound by, crippled by, paralyzed by the fear of men. We need some Elijahs to rise up in the church of Jesus Christ. Some voices, some mouthpieces for God. Elijah says, how long are you going to dance back and forth with God? How long are you going to waver between these two opinions? How long are you going to claim the name of the God of Abraham and also worship these other false gods? How long? How many times does God have to pull on your heart before you fully commit to him. A lot of people want to worship Jesus on Sunday and get in bed with an idol on Monday. He's saying, how long? How many times do I have to tell you to stop? How many times do I have to tell you to stop doing that? How many times do I have to pull you in holiness? How many times do I have to convince you that I'm the only God? the only source, the only thing you'll ever need. How long will you waver before you give me full ownership of your life? Say, I need the fire. See, this was Elijah's question, but they were silent. They stayed silent. Why did they stay silent? Because they weren't ready to commit. They weren't ready. That's the state of the church so much. Oh, Pastor Natalie, you know, you're taking this Christianity thing too serious. You're too radical. God knows my heart. He knows my struggles. He sure does. He says the heart is deceitful beyond measure. And he sent his fire to change you, to transform you so you don't have to struggle with that anymore. Just give me a little worship, a little music, a little sermon, a little song, a little sign, a little small group. But don't talk to me about this stuff. It's too heavy. It's too much. He wants you to be a voice for him. A holy voice for him. The church needs the fire back. So the people were silent. They weren't ready to commit. Are you with me? But they were always ready for a miracle. They were always ready for a blessing. Anytime they got in trouble, they called on the God who delivered them out of Egypt. They were always ready for God to do the miracle, but they wouldn't fully commit to him. If you're not ready to fully commit to God, stop looking for a miracle and searching for a blessing from him. I know that hurts. I know that cuts. But you cannot expect to live and operate in the supernatural if you are not committed fully to God. That's the truth. This gospel has been so watered down and churches so seeker friendly that people don't hear this. He wants everything. He wants your whole heart. He wants to consume you and use your life. 
they're silent. They weren't ready to make a full commitment, but they were being called upon to do that very thing because they were about to meet the God who answers by fire. 1 Kings 18, 20 to 24, Elijah says to the people, I alone am left, a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. He's just saying, I'm outnumbered, and I want you to know it. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. I'll prepare the other bull, lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the one who answers by fire, he is God. We need Christians today who are so confident in the God who answers by fire. They don't care how outnumbered they are. They don't care if the odds are against them. They don't care if they're surrounded by idol worship and 450 false prophets. They won't care. They'll speak up knowing that the God who answers by fire will respond. Elijah knew the God who answers by fire. So the prophets of Baal, they go first. Remember, these are God's people. These are God's people. His chosen people. They saw miracle after miracle. These are God's people. So they prepare the bull, the sacrifice. They call on the name of Baal. They call and they call and they call and they call. Oh, Baal, hear us. Hear us. Nothing. Unresponsive. So Elijah has a little fun. He starts taunting them, making fun of them. He says, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God's busy. Maybe your God's going to the bathroom because your God's not doing anything. So they, they call louder, and then they start cutting themselves, hoping that blood sacrifices, some other level of worship will get a hold of their God. So they're cutting themselves. These are God's people. No response, no fire descended. But Elijah wasn't scared or intimidated by any of this because he was a man who knew the God who answers by fire. So he calls the people near to him. He calls all the people near to him. They were just dancing around, limping around these altars. That's false worship. They're bleeding. He calls God's people near to him. They were about to have an encounter with the God who answers by fire. Elijah repairs an old altar of God, which Jezebel demolished. He cuts and he arranges the sacrifice on the wood. You know the story. He pours water on the sacrifice three times. Impossible odds that only God can answer. Then the praying prophet. And i got to share this with you. I've never seen this before. The way that the Holy Spirit set it on fire for me. Then the praying prophet utters a prayer that has been burning on the inside of me for weeks. This prayer is a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. You see, short, hear me now, short, powerful public prayers 
are the outcome of long, secret intercession. Short, powerful, effective public prayers are the outcome of long, secret intercession, travail. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Verse 37, answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. But I wanna focus on Elijah's prayer. He didn't pray for the destruction of the idolatrous priest or for lightning to fall and destroy rebellious Israel. That was not his prayer. He prayed that the glory and the fire and the power of God would be revealed, turning their hearts back to God. Verse 39, now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. So now I'm going to try and talk a little bit about what the Lord showed me prophetically. You see, this has to be our prayer. This has to be our prayer. Put some pictures up behind me. You're going to see some pictures of things happening in the so-called church. I didn't even go into things like entertainment or the government or the schools. These are things happening in the so-called church. Houses of worship. Places and people that confess the only true God and waver with these idolatrous practices condoning, affirming. Our prayer has to be that the fire of God will consume, that hearts will be turned back. that the fire will fall in denominations, in churches, on the hearts of ministers, pastors, prophets, evangelists that have gone astray, that have been deceived. Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Elijahs? These are happening in churches, drag queen shows in churches. 
will be a voice? Who will raise up a standard? Drag me to church. Our prayer cannot be destruction in this hour. Our prayer has to be for the fire to fall on the church of Jesus Christ. Places that have fallen astray to idol worship. People that have fallen away, that the fire would fall in their life. Send your fire into the houses of God. Send your glory where it has departed. Convict the hearts of men. Send your fire. Consuming, undeniable, holy fire that will bring holy fear, holy terror if necessary. The undeniable knowledge that you and you alone are God. That you will not be mocked, Lord. That this gospel will not be watered down. Another Jesus will not be preached. Abortion is not okay. Murdering the innocent is not something to be silent about or to condone. Drunkenness in pulpits will not be tolerated. The love of money and fame must go. Pride must be destroyed. The love of self has to be broken. The counterfeit spirit of entertainment instead of true worship cannot be allowed in the houses of God. Sexual sin and perversion must be confronted. Hatred and racism must be dismantled. Seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, and Baal worship within the church of Jesus Christ must be exposed and consumed in Jesus' name. Say, let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let holy fire revive and awaken. Let holy fire revive and awaken every backslider. Let holy fire revive and awaken dead denominations. Let holy fire revive and awaken prophets that have gone astray, evangelists that have gone astray, teachers that have gone astray, pastors that have gone astray, apostles that have gone astray. Let your holy fire revive and awaken your creation. Let holy fire revive and awaken. Do you know what came after the fire? After the consuming fire? After the victory on Mount Carmel? Rain. After God answered by fire, he sent the rain. After counterfeit worship and false gods were confronted, the rain came. You're not hearing me. After tolerance and silence in the face of disobedience and rebellion were confronted, the rain came. Consuming fire comes before an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Fire that purifies. Fire that refines. 
Can I encourage you? The hearts of some of God's people did turn back. The hearts of some of God's people did turn back at Elijah's prayer and when God answered by fire. And chapter 19 tells us that God told Elijah, I have reserved 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Their mouths haven't kissed Baal. 7,000, a holy remnant that I've reserved. Some turned back. There's hope for some of those churches. There's hope for some of those pastors. Our heart cannot be destruction. It must be for them to turn back. We need more in the remnant church of Jesus Christ. More pastors, more on fire Christians. If they're backslidden, send your fire, God, and bring them home. The remnant church of Jesus Christ, especially in America, is smaller than anyone realizes. But we are stronger than anyone can possibly understand. We're stronger in fire. We're stronger in anointing. We're stronger in unity. We're stronger in an uncompromised gospel message. We're stronger in faith. We're stronger in demonstration. We're stronger in boldness. We're stronger in intercession. Because we know the God who answers by fire. Now here's the word that God showed me very clearly. And I'm just going to read this part because I don't want to paraphrase it. We must understand that the closer we come to the end time, Jesus is drawing a remnant line. The closer we come to the end times, Jesus is drawing a remnant line. But the devil is trying to dilute that line with deception and delusion. The clear-cut distinction, hear me now, the clear-cut distinction between the nominal church, meaning they're the church in name only. They're the church in name only. They're not alive. They're not an active church of Jesus Christ. They exist in name only, meaning counterfeit. Come on. The clear-cut distinction between the nominal church and the end-time remnant church of the Lord Jesus Christ is and will be fire, fire, fire. The fire will fuel persistence, holy confrontation, stamina, endurance, grit, tenacity, conviction, and great spiritual victory. This end-time chosen remnant will be owned by the Holy Spirit and will activate the kingdom of God in the earth, releasing revival and revealing the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There will be such an uncommon anointing and an undeniable authority that it will intimidate religion and annihilate hell's plans. There is a remnant line being drawn and we need the fire of God to discern the deception and the seducing spirits in this end time. And I know this was a heavy message, but my heart burned within me and I had to release it. It's not just for this house, 
although this is equipping us for what's to come. But this is a message that need applied to the church of Jesus Christ in this hour. Say, I need the fire. And I need to know the God who answers by fire. Stand with me to your feet all over this house. You know, as I was reading about Elijah's prayer for God to turn the hearts, I thought about many people in our church that text me that they're believing for a lost loved one, that come to these altars believing for a lost loved one. You see, it's not hopeless. God is sovereign, and you can pray that he will turn their heart to him. You can pray that they will encounter the God who answers by fire. It was the fire of God that made the coward of Calvary the preaching prophet of Pentecost. See, the fire changes us. And as we saw in that message, it consumes everything and anything that could be your source above God. That's idolatry. When you put your faith and your trust in another person, place, or thing as your source instead of God. Anything you put before him. But the consuming fire of God can take it. Can take it out of you. The fire of God can consume you and change you. Can consume and change our churches and our nation. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you for the fire of God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you're the God who answers by fire. We thank you. Your fire is needed and wanted and active in this house right now, in this tabernacle right now, so that we can go back to our families, to the highways and the byways, to the ends of the earth, on fire for you. Spirit-filled messengers with this weapon of fire consumed by you, voices for you. Able to intercede for long enough that when we pray a prayer in public, you show up and you answer. Sustain us, bring endurance, let your fire fall on this house and in this tabernacle right now, strengthening everyone under the sound of my voice. Strengthening, refining, purifying. Consume sexual sin right now in the name of Jesus. Every idol laid at this altar tonight. Addictions, distractions, indifference, apathy, fear, love of self. Confusion, confusion with identities, with sexuality. 
pornography addictions. Take it with your fire right now. Refine us, change us, unite us by your fire, by your holy fire, by your matchless fire. Strengthen us. Raise up Elijah's under the sound of my voice. You think you're here by accident. You're not here by accident. You're meant to be a mouthpiece for the living God. You're meant to be a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. You're meant to be used, consumed by the fire, owned by the fire. So you can pray more than 15 minutes you can get off social media when you've been on it for hours. It's meant to consume you instead of God consuming you. Lies from the media. Getting into the minds of our children. It's meant to consume them instead of the fire of God. It's a counterfeit. demonic agendas trying to take you away from the voice of God trying to take your purpose trying to take your destiny trying to make you so tired that you don't want to come to the house of God but there's a fire that will strengthen you that will strengthen you that will heal you that will fill you Send your fire, 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 send your fire on every idol laid down tonight. Send your fire, consume it. Never to torment or bind up your people again. Consume, 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 consume. Send your fire. Turn back the hearts of your people. Those that are wavering, let them choose you this day. Send your fire. Lift your hand if you want the Holy Ghost to consume something in your life, something in your circumstances, something in your family. Something that has been tormenting you. Lift your hand if you want Holy Ghost fire to consume it unashamedly. This is how we're purified. This is how the rain comes. This is how we see an outpouring of revival. This is how we experience it, an awakening. Consume it, God. Consume it. This message was for the church. message. 
to see that God is still God and that holiness still matters. People that are filled with the fire of God, bold and unashamed, a call tonight has been made and a church must stand and answer that call. So we will go and we will sow so that the fire of God that is on this house will be with us wherever we go and that all will know that the God that answers by fire is the one true God. <laughs> 
because we have to go so that lives can be changed and destinies can be altered and heaven will be populated. This is the fire-baptized church's finest hour. We have been anointed for this moment, called for such a time as this, and we will build the kingdom of God. We will build it here in L.A., and we'll build it wherever God sends us. And this September, God is sending us to Tijuana so that a city can be set ablaze for the kingdom and the glory of God. Our pastor right now is stretching the kingdom and he's taking the fire that has consumed his life everywhere he goes and this church will follow that same mandate. And so in September when we hit the streets of Tijuana, we're not gonna go with a watered down gospel and quiet voices, but a bold fire-filled church will hit that, those streets. And we want you to be a part of that crusade. And right after this service, right in the lower classroom is an informational meeting that you have to be at. For such a time as this, this message tonight was so timely. This is the hour that the fire of God will fall. And after that, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before and the great awakening that we've been hoping and praying for is gonna hit this world like never before. For such a time as this. Ushers, make your way down. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, the apostle Paul writes, and I thought about this scripture verse before I heard the message tonight, and it's so timely. Galatians chapter 6, Paul says this, I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a statement, an acknowledgement that we do not belong to ourselves. We do not belong to this world, but we belong to Christ. We're not in partnership. We are in ownership. He owns our life, and everything that we have belongs to Him. Everything belongs to Him. He paid for our lives with His own lives. Therefore, He bought us at a price that you or I could not ever pay. He owns our life, and that's why we give and that's why we sow and that's why we go and that's why we preach because this is a message that changes destinies this is a message that will never grow cold this is a gospel that will never be weakened by backslidden preachers in weak pulpits this message is a message of fire and we give so that this message can go and go and go. We give so that a church like this can remain open. We give because the lost need to hear and families reconciled and the lost can come home. That's why we give and I challenge you tonight, whether you're giving here or you're giving online, that you give with a purpose, that you sow with a purpose. I'm not giving to a church, I'm giving through a church. 
God has blessed my life. God has blessed your life. And so we come here with grateful hearts and we return it back to Him because it all belongs to Him. I'm owned by God and everything I have belongs to Him. So I gladly give a tithe. I gladly give an offering. This isn't a task for me. This isn't a job for me to give to God. When I think about the goodness of God and all He's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah cries hallelujah and so tonight I've been set ablaze and I love how Pastor Natalie started it out so you just don't get baptized by fire once but again and again and again and I've been baptized by fire tonight and I'm so ready to give right now are you ready to give come on are you ready to give well get your gift out Get ready to sow it here in a moment, but I'm going to bless the tithe now. Would you help me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that on that day, on Elijah's Mount Carmel, you answered by fire. You're still the same God today. You're still answering by fire. And so, Lord, with grateful hearts, we give a tithe tonight. With grateful hearts, we give an offering tonight. So we bless this tithe and we bless those that are giving it in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. And the church shouted, Amen. Come on, the church shouted, Amen. And just before we open up the altars as the, the ushers are, are receiving the offering, you never want to walk out of here with giving you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. Whether it's for the first time, or maybe you need to rededicate your life as you listen to the message tonight. Maybe your heart was stirred to say, I need to get baptized in the fire again. I need to get back in, in that covenant relationship with God. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if this message tonight was for you and you need to give your heart to Jesus, maybe tonight you're saying, well, I, I've no God at one time, but I've, I've kind of stepped away, but I'm ready for the consuming fire of God to take it all away I want to give you an opportunity right now you can give your heart to Jesus whether for the first time or rededicating if that's you tonight would you just lift up your hand right now lift up your hands come on come on would you pray with me right now dear Heavenly Father I give you my heart I ask you for forgiveness and I receive your grace I believe that you died Come on, I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose again. And so I ask you for forgiveness of every one of my sins, and I receive your grace in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, in Jesus' mighty name, everybody shout amen. Come on, can we give God a, a hand for the lives that have been changed tonight? So grateful that... We're here and we're worshiping with God, but if you need prayer, maybe you want to receive that consuming fire over your life. You want prayer for anything at all, we'll be right here to pray with you. We love you. God bless you. The worship team will continue to worship, but thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah, come and consume. Come and consume, send your fire, Lord, 
Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire, Lord. Come and consume. Come and consume. Send your fire, Lord. Send your fire.